Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title. This is your host, Keyshawn Rains. Today's episode features a lovely, passionate, creative, and overall just warm, real, down-to-earth human being. Today's guest was one of the very first people that I met out in Washington, D.C., and I met her because I needed a haircut, and I actually looked up Black-owned, particularly Black women-owned barbershops because I prefer to have my hair cut by a woman. I found her on Instagram, booked an appointment through her super professional website, and as soon as I walked into her space, I immediately felt at home. So I was grateful not only for the fantastic haircut that I got, but also for the really cool interaction that she and I had. So when I thought of bringing on someone to have a talk or a chat or a conversation with about the highs and the lows of running a business, not only a business, but a profitable business in a male-dominated industry, she's one of the first people that I thought about. And thankfully, she said yes. So today, I bring you a really informative and inspirational conversation with the one and only Leslie, the Lady Clipper, Bryant. So sit back, take a long, deep cleansing breath, get comfortable, and ready for another conversation. Hello there. Hi, how are you? Good, 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 good. Can you hear me okay? Yes, very clear. Excellent, excellent. Dive on in. All right, let's go on in. Cool. Okay, so I'm going to give you the floor and start by giving you a chance to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us your name, where you're from, and what you stand for. Okay, my name is Leslie Bryant. I am the owner of Lady Clipper Barbershop, located in Washington, D.C. Um, I was born in Trinidad, West Indies, but raised in Washington, D.C. Um, as fa- What's the other question, Kishan? What do you stand for? I stand for women. I stand for business. I stand for good and healthy long living (laughs) I love that I love that I love that and what are some things that you do like in your personal life to kind of influence good and healthy living well I have um actually currently got got back got myself back into the gym Mm -hmm. um I have um made my my work schedule part-time so that I have time to um gather myself in the morning um you know, have a, a good breakfast, mm-hmm. um, make sure that, you know, I have time to meditate and be calm before I, you know, start my day. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are the three main changes that I've, I've made, um, very recently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has made a difference in just my overall mood. Okay. Tell me a little bit more mm-hmm. about that. How has it, how has it changed things for you? So in the past, um, how am I, I'm a, I'm a new owner of a barbershop. So in the past, I would say three to five years, I have just been waking up early and going to bed late, not eating, sometimes not eating for a couple days, just because I'm so focused on saving money and um, putting my money back into my business mm-hmm. and 
Um, not sometimes not sleeping properly because I'm coming up with ideas throughout the night. Can't you know restlessly going through the day, um, just trying to get everything done by myself, mm-hmm. um, and not really focusing on my physical or mental health. Just mm-hmm. kind of in a production mode, a constant. Um, uh, what do you call? Uh, like almost being on autopilot sometimes. Exactly. To feel like yeah. Most for for the last three years. Okay. And this year, um, now that I've expanded the business and added some employees to help me, I'm now able to actually have a lifestyle that I've really never had before. I've talked about it. I've dreamt about it. But now I I'm able to get up, um, go to the gym, um, mm. pay for a trainer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, take my time to put my makeup on. Th- those little yeah, things. Th- that, those, those things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sit down and drink a cup of coffee as opposed to having a million cups in the backseat of my car. Yeah. Um, and I still have those cups, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Maybe like, it, I'm getting better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just yeah. like I, I can lead a more, and then that way that will translate more into my clients. When my clients see me, I'm not tired. Mm-hmm. I'm not short with them. I can actually listen better. Um the, uh, that's that's what I I feel like is the biggest difference yeah. from then till now. No, that that's that's huge because I think that I um I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people who are aspiring to be business owners and actually am just you know starting my um first mastermind group starting in October with a couple of people who are in the very very like infantile stages of starting a business and just kind of just need some support like where to go what to do how to start and I think that when I talk to business owners that have kind of been in the trenches a little bit to kind of be able to have a point of reflection to look back and say wow three years ago my life looked like this now present day my life looks this way and I still have you know room to grow and still things that I can continue to work on to continue to move in the direction that I really want to be in and I think that what comes up for me the most often in those conversations is like how to get from point A to point B to point C. You know, when you're a young person, maybe youngish or wherever you are in your life, but say you're a young person in your industry, regardless of your chronological age, and you decide, you know what? I don't want to do this nine to five anymore. I want to be self-employed. I want to be a business owner. Where do I begin? Um, for you, I want to ask before you were into barbering, what were you doing before and what led you into being self-employed? So before I became a barber, I was a graphic designer at a commercial real estate firm. Um, and I did that for about 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, love design, um, just didn't have a love for corporate America mm-hmm. overall, mm-hmm. but I was, I just knew it was. Um, I, I, at the time I felt like that was the only way I could sustain myself as an artist long-term is to be connected to a corporate structure. Right. Um, and it really didn't even dawn on me to do, try to have my own business, um, or to try something in another medium, um, like barbering. Mm. It was kind it was sort of a situation where. I got laid off after 12 years because mm-hmm. the company was merging with another company um, and there were massive layoffs. And when that happened, I had, I, I sat and thought to myself, like, I don't want, as I was looking for other design jobs mm-hmm. in the same field, 
I thought to myself, I do not want to be in the same situation again. Right. I don't want a nine to five or sometimes nine to two in the morning, depending on when a project had to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to communicate with people only through email. Right. Um, I, you know, I don't want to feel like a short order cook that every time somebody needs an edit or a chain, you know, they want it now. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm on vacation, I was a slave to that computer Mm. and that wasn't true living for me. Right. And so when I transitioned, when, when the layoff happened, I took a month, I went back home to visit my dad in Trinidad, just trying to figure out maybe I'll move back home. Maybe I'll try to start my own design business in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, I'll just stay home for a few months to try to collect my, you know, so I could uh, have some time to rebuild my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew I just did not want to go back to corporate, uh, corporate, right. the corporate structure. Right. Um, so after that one month trip, I went to my, my barber, mm-hmm. Mr. Otis. I don't know his last name. Okay. But anyway, shout out shout to, out Mr. to Mr. Otis. Otis. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Otis uh, was cutting my hair and was wondering why I was able to get a haircut in the middle of the day. Cause he knew how hard I worked mm-hmm. and weird hours. Mm-hmm. And he said, why are you, uh, here at this time and I said well I got laid off mm. and I've been on vacation for a month and I need a fresh haircut and a fresh start yeah so he said you should become a barber wow and a light went off and I said well why do you think this would be a good fit for me mm-hmm. and he said well you're first of all you have a great personality yeah you're a people person you are um you're an artist already so you you probably are going to pick up on this skill quickly. Mm-hmm. And three, you know, we make a lot of money. You just have to know how to save it. Yes. Yes. It's fast money, but you have to know how to save it. And those three things were enough for me to inquire more with him. I, you know, I asked him, what schools could I go to? Where do I go? How do I, who do I call? He gave mm-hmm. me some, some, some places to look and. The next day I enrolled in the barbering school um, for free, because if you're a DC resident, there are lots of free programs for free. I did not know that. I went to night school in DC Mm -hmm. um, and they don't all, you know, people, there's so many resources, especially if you're a DC resident. Mm. Um, All I had to show was an electric bill Mm -hmm. um, and an ID that I lived in DC, you know, a couple pieces of mail Mm -hmm. signed up. And show up on time. Wow. After a year and a half, I um, was prepared from the school to take the test, the licensing test. Mm -hmm. Did that and got my first job. Mm -hmm. Worked on my clients for about three years at another barbershop. And after that, working in another barbershop, I realized I'm paying somebody else's mm-hmm. rent with my rent. And yep. that's, that's okay. That's how life goes. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to start sometimes somewhere. You have, yeah. Sometimes you got to pay somebody to, to kind of, to get a leg up. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I, I saw things in the barbershop that I was working at that I felt that I, if I were to have my own, I would do better. And I kept coming back to that thought, like, mm-hmm. you know, we need to do things like this. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't talk to the client like this. These kind of conversations should not be ha- happening around our client. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we need to sweep more in between haircuts. Mm -hmm. Those little details Mm -hmm. I always pay attention to because I would notice that my clients were noticing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And so I develop a sensitivity for what I felt my clients would need. And that sensitivity is what I then brought to my new place. Right. So tell me a little bit about that when you, you, you know, when you're working in, cause I have, I know a couple of barbers, um, women barbers, and I know that the barber industry still is a male dominated industry, even, you know, present day. And I noticed that a lot of the, the women barbers that I've, you know, spent time in conversation with have had pretty similar experiences of what it's like to work in a male dominated barbershop. Like you said, the conversations is one of the big parts of it. Um, you know, the, the overall vibe, you know, the energy isn't necessarily as inviting to all people in all walks of life, the way that other spaces might, uh, cleanliness is a big mm-hmm. one. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. have been, you know, wearing like an undercut for, you know, and before that short hair for almost 12 years and have had several different barbers, you know, in the time and moved around a lot and et cetera. And one of the things that I would really, that I really you know, hated about going to get my hair cut was that one particular barber was always in like a male dominated shop. And I would have to kind of like mentally prepare myself like, okay, you're going to go in here, you're going to get your hair cut, just tune out whatever the hell they're talking about over there. And just like have your experience, which can be kind of difficult because for me, it's, it's a grooming experience. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's part of my self care, to be honest, is to like make the time to go get a haircut. So I would always look for women barbers and look for if I could find a shop that was women owned and operated. And that's how I found you was through Instagram. So when you decided, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this on my own. What was your intention when you decided to open up your own spot? Everything that you just complained about. So, (laughs) so, you know, not throwing my old shop under the bus at all. Um, but because before working there, I was also wearing short hair and going to barbershops, mm. uh, many different ones. And yes, cleanliness was an p- issue. I would notice not my barbers weren't spraying their clippers in between clients. Mm-hmm. I would notice the same comb going from one head to the next. Mm-hmm. I would notice that the towels that were used were not always white. Right. Um, as they could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes some barbers would cut all day with hair like a hill of hair around their seat. Yes, like grass growing. With no consideration for the client. (laughs) Right. Yeah, where the client may be dressed in a suit or a dress Mm -hmm. and they don't want that hair on their clothes. They may be going to an interview or in between meetings. Right. You don't want to leave somewhere crummy that you're coming to be groomed and and meditate and relax in. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the environment is the key, is probably the key to why my shop has been so successful yeah. more than the cuts, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You say, oh, I need a fresh cut. I don't care. No, I know people can get a cut, a fresh cut in many places, mm-hmm. but to get the environment, it's very rare. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why you're always booked. Uh, right. but- <laughs> <laughs> which is why I haven't seen you in months, but that's beautiful. And, and that mm-hmm. means a lot because, you know, when, when a person is thinking about, you know, becoming a, you know, a business owner and they're like, I, I know that this is something that I'm good at. I have this special skill. I feel confident in it. I feel like I've, you know, become an expert in it, maybe even mastered it. 
I want to go open a business. I think one of the biggest areas that I noticed that a lot of folks struggle with is the money management. And you touched on that when you shared a little mm-hmm. bit about the conversation with um, Mr. Otis, how he said it's easy to make money in this industry, um, but managing it is key. What kind of money management practices did you introduce early on that kind of set you up to be prepared to run a business now? Honestly, it was sort of sketchy as far as okay. when I say sketchy, I mean, um, not sketchy as in illegal, but sketchy in the sense that I was kind of, you know, when I became, when I became, when I started barbering, mm-hmm. I was actually in the red because okay. in the time that I was in school, mm-hmm. um, I really didn't have a whole lot of income coming in. Right. If any. Right. So like managing not losing my home mm-hmm. you know being three to four months late on my mortgage mm-hmm. figuring out how not to go in foreclosure and still go to school at night and search for maybe a part-time day job mm-hmm. like there wasn't a lot of money to go around right so once I once I started once I got my barbering job mm-hmm. every cent really went into paying back paying my mortgage back up right kind of and catching up mm-hmm. exactly yeah getting out of a hole and that takes a very long time yeah once I got in the green it was more about okay I need a vacation right I'm tired now <laughs> I don't care if it's like uh, I have to drive to New York or I'm driving somewhere where there's a beach but I need a vacation once I took that vacation I felt refreshed and said okay I can recharge mm-hmm. and um but really being, you have to be mindful of every penny mm-hmm. and every pe- penny pretty much has to go to that one goal. Right. Almost every, except whatever food and transportation that you need. Right. Um, so I didn't have like a budget sheet that I went by. Okay. I didn't have it uh, in a computer or anything mapped out like that. Mm-hmm. It was really, di- it's lit- literally a labor of paying up and paying down okay so not accruing a lot of debt Mm -hmm. therefore not having to pay back so much only paying back what you already owed Mm -hmm. um and then you know so that was kind of yeah that makes sense yeah that really not spending yeah really not not spending exactly and i think that's something that um you know is is an adjustment because when someone is coming from a traditional, you know, nine to five or nine to two, you know, whatever traditional work environment where somebody else pays you just for showing up when you're coming from that type of environment and you're, you know, managing your money from that, that funnel, it looks a lot different than when you're making your own money literally. And kind of like, if you don't show up and, you know, do whatever service it is, whether it's cutting hair, teaching yoga, whatever it is, you don't get paid. And so it's not, um, and to, to, to start it off, it's not always as free flowing and abundant as you would like it to be right in the beginning. Cause you kind of got to, you know, build some momentum, something that one barber told me once. And I think it was like on Instagram, who knows if I find it, I'll send it to you just mm-hmm. for shits and giggles. But basically they said that barbers often get, well, at the time barbers often get paid in cash. And yeah, I mean, yeah. still, you know, people use, you know, apps and things like that nowadays, but at the time, barbers were getting paid mostly in cash. And so what they said is that every time they received a $5 bill, they saved it. So mm. at the end of the day, if they did eight cuts, 10 cuts, however many cuts they did, every time they got a $5 bill, just the $5 bills, 
they would tuck it in a little envelope, like at their station, take it home at the end of the day and save it. And at the Mm -hmm. end of like a month, they had like a couple hundred dollars, you know, saved. And that was like their method. That's how they started. And they continue that method for like every year that they cut. And that was the money that they ended up using to be able to like get into their own space. And I was like, that's kind of cool. So the reason I ask business owners mm-hmm. about their money management is because it's different for everybody. You know, you, right. different businesses expand to the point where, you know, you hire an accountant or you hire somebody else to manage your money. But I think that when people are starting out, learning the simple stuff, like don't spend more than you make, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, pay what you owe, um, right. do, you pay, know, what, you owe. pay exactly. what you owe, you know what I mean? And to remember to prioritize your spending because if your intention is I want the freedom of being mm-hmm. self-employed, even though I feel like being self-employed is way more work uh, than having a corporate job. Um, but if you want the freedom of being self-employed, you do have to develop the discipline. You know what I mean? To say, you know what, maybe I'm not going to go to that party this weekend or I'm, you know, I'm going to scale back on going out to dinner this month. Cause I have a bigger goal in mind, you know what I mean? That I'm trying to reach. Absolutely. And I think that's where, when I'm able to, when I'm working with people that are in the beginning stages of, you know, becoming business owners, a lot of the conversations I have with them is like, are you ready to, to commit, you know, yeah, are it's you a ready? Sacrifice. It is definitely a sacrifice. Absolutely. And- it is a sacrifice of time. Sometimes you sacrifice friendships mm-hmm. or friendships are on the line because mm-hmm. you can't come to every birthday party. You can't join people at their christenings or the, or, or weddings. Sometimes you can't cause you can't afford it. Yep. And it's not that you don't want to, no, you just can't, right. you know? Exactly. Um, and I even find now that I'm on the other side that even my client friends who are my friends now because I spend more time with them than my right. my friends that I had before. Right. You know, they'll invite me to things and I just can't come. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, they know that my business is thriving in a, in a great way right now. Yeah. So they're like, well, you have more time, you can come. But sometimes now that I have it, I want to keep it. Right. And it's okay to be selfish with that time. And it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. And I've actually gotten really good in the last year and a half of saying, you know what? I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Not because of it for any other reason. It, besides, I just can't. Right. I just don't want to. I don't want to. And being okay with that. Because, yeah. you know, balancing running a business and also having a personal life, family, friends, vacation, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, self-time, just you by yourself time is so key because, what happens a lot of times, like I think statistically, you know, don't quote me on this because I'm not an analyst, but statistically, mm-hmm. most small businesses fail within the first three to five years. Most Absolutely. of them do. And a big reason why is because of burnout. It's because yes. the person who is running the business and or the staff and employees are burnt out. And they literally, mm-hmm. they, you know, things start to fall through the cracks and, you know, things get forgotten. The business becomes compromised and it falls apart. So maintaining that balance between this is the time that I'm dedicating to the business. And this is the time that I'm dedicating to myself and my personal life. That has to be like a keystone of the business because otherwise you'll start to see yourself fall apart. And because for your particular industry, you are a big part of the business. If you don't show up, you know, for your clients or for your staff, then things start to, you know, they start to kind of get unstable. And then it's like, well, hold on now, what's going on here? So Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, 
when you started, were you in the shop by yourself and then expanded or, or how did you get to where you are right now with your current staff? Yes, the first year I did by myself because I wanted to make sure that I could, one, do it by myself, um, meaning pay the bills, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of go through all of the procedures of the day, mm-hmm. of the of the year. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? What, okay, when are we going to come in when it snows? You know, really kind of get, understand how my shop is going to look. Right. What mis- Make the mistakes by myself before... I try to train somebody up on how things should be done mm-hmm. because there's nothing worse in, in, in a teacher te- teaching you something mm-hmm. and then re- reteaching you something else because they've learned another method yep. that's worked better. Like, no, do the work first and then teach me the best method. Yep. So that's kind of like how it's been. Like, for, that's what I did. I took a year mm-hmm. and, um, um, and for me, I feel like my life kind of evolved in a year, one year and two year uh, cycles. Mm-hmm. So I feel like things, even in my most downtime in a year or two, things bounce back. Yep. You know, so it's just kind of like noticing your, the pattern that your life is taking mm-hmm. and really following that. Absolutely. Um, so, yes. Sorry. Back to your question. <laughs> no, that I was kinda, good. That um, was that's valuable. Uh-uh, we like those. That's valuable. <laughs> okay, right there. okay. Notice so your I'm patterns back. and f- just flow on and with them. flow with it. Just flow so with like it. When, mm-hmm. right, when you're feeling that you're down or you're stuck, understand, okay, a few, two years ago, I felt the same feeling. Mm-hmm. How do, what, let's implement the same methodology, but maybe you need to add a little spice to it. Yep. Because it's a little different or turn a corner. Yep. And it doesn't have to be a big one. Mm-hmm. Mine was a big one, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't have children. I don't have a, you know, I have, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't have a family. I don't yeah. have anybody else to support, but myself. Right. Have, you so have the freedom that, to do that. Yeah. That, yeah. That's something that I can do that a lot of people may not be able to do. Right. Uh, in a drastic way. Right. So, you know, but that's my life. That's my blessing. But doesn't mean if you have those, um, you know, restrictions that you can't, Absolutely. you can't make a, a change. Yeah. You know? Cause sometimes, like you said, um, it's not a huge, like 180. It's not always a big U-turn. It could just be like a pivot, just like a, like in basketball, just like exactly. pivot. Just let me just shift this way just a bit. And when right. you pivot, it does change your perspective. And even though you've identified your pattern and you're staying in that same flow, it's like, oh, you know what? I know that around this time of year, sometimes the cycles are that specific where it's like, oh, it's fall. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I know last time during fall or last year, I was kind of going through this similar experience and the lesson that I learned, I can now apply that so that when this, this cycle comes around again, I'm able to pivot and adjust and make a different move. You know what I mean? Or go a different direction. And it doesn't have to be something drastic, but a small change, you know, creates a ripple effect and it changes everything else as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I worked in the shop for one year just to make sure that I, if at the time that that, that this was sustainable Mm. because I don't want to hire somebody and not be able to support them as they grow with me and the business, Mm -hmm. you know, if I can't keep it afloat for a year, how can I ask somebody to help me? Right. So, and that's kind of how it's it's been. So I hired Joe first Mm -hmm. and then um, she's been there. She was there for about a year. 
and then I added Gabby. And then uh, two weeks after I added Gabby, Daisy sends me this long email about how she loved the brand. She's been following us. <laughs> She's finishing barbering school. And as soon as she's finished, can she please, is there, you know, if there's a spot open, can you, can I wait? And I was like, oh, I just hired somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and so I told her, I said, let's talk and mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. And yeah. then two to three months later, I, I told Daisy, you know what? I'll go part-time and you'll go part-time. Mm. I'll find a space for you. Because if someone's that passionate and yeah. coming to you, I have to make room. Yeah. I had to make room for her. And actually in making room for her and Gabby, it gave me time to work less. Yes. And to focus more on, you know, the advertising, the PR, um, you know, where is this brand going now? Absolutely. Now Absolutely. we're running. How do we keep it running? Yep. Exactly. You know, how to maintain so, that momentum now that you've created it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's no way to work, you know, on your feet day, all day long and do the planning and be successful and in a good mood daily. You can't do it. No, no. I literally I'm doing I'm going to do a, a podcast, well, a, a live cast on that exact topic pretty soon about, you know, kind of getting through the shitty days, you know, trying to get it, getting through the the days where things just feel overwhelming and you still have to be positive and you still have to be productive and things like that. And I think that um, one thing I like to ask business owners like yourself or like some of the highs and lows of ownership, if you were speaking to someone who was just fresh out of barber school and they're like, I want to open up my own shop, what's one piece of advice that you would give them? I would say, I would say basically get a pen and paper and map out every step, everything that you think that you're going to need. Um, every, uh, uh, from how many paper towels, pay attention, how many paper towels you use a day, mm-hmm. um, how many razors, you know, you use a day, how much shaving cream, like every little piece that you just notice your patterns mm-hmm. and write those things down. Okay. So then you can have an idea of how much money you're going to need. Mm. Once you have a number in mind, mm-hmm. you can then save towards that number. Mm. At least for me, I have a hard time saving unless I have a goal. Yeah. If I don't have a goal, I'm treating myself. Oh, I need this. <laughs> oh, I this want is this. so necessary. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> let me go get this cookie yes. or let me, oh, I'm going to have the lobster tonight. Yes. Ex- I, I, I deserve it. Look at all this money I've saved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, you don't have, the money has no purpose. It's like a life without purpose. Mm-hmm. It's going nowhere without direction. It's going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so down to the, the light bulb, the cost of the light bulb, the cost to the person who has to install that light bulb. Um, You know, are you buying that guy lunch after he installs your light bulb? Mm -hmm. You know, so really get your numbers together. Yeah. And then say, okay, I'm going to need this money. So I may need to stay in the current barbershop I am for an extra year Mm -hmm. to save that money. Don't just jump. Yeah. That's good. Planning, really thorough planning is important. That's good. That's very good. That's very, very valuable. And I think that 
no matter, you know, whether you are, you know, someone's listening who is, you know, wanting to pursue a career in the barbering industry or wanting to open a yoga studio, for instance, and that's, you know, my, my lane of experience is getting super clear, like you said, down to the paper clips, you know what I mean? Down to how much water do we need for a month to be able to make sure we have enough for every student who walks in this door, every single thing down to the smallest minute detail has to be considered because if not, like you hit the nail on the head when you said, if I don't have a goal monetarily, I'm just going to see the money stacking up like, Oh, I'm saving for my shop. And then saving for my shop's going to turn into a cruise to Jamaica. Absolutely. <laughs> in a heartbeat. If I don't, if I don't have a specific goal and if I haven't really gotten clear on identifying it. So thank you for sharing that. Um, time for a break. Time for a breather. One thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives, throughout our day is to breathe. So I invite you right now to allow three deep intentional breaths to enter and exit your body. And by the time you're done, we will be ready to continue. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to switch gears a little bit as we start to wrap out this conversation. And this is a part where we get to know a little bit more about you. Um, so I like to call this the complete the sentence portion. So I'm going to throw out some, some phrases and you get to complete the sentence. So the first one is, I am happiest when? I'm rested. Mm. Yeah. I need to do more of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I want my legacy to be. <laughs> Everybody always has that same reaction. Ooh. Can Take I go to time. the next question? You can, you can, we, can, we can circle back. We can circle Ooh, back. That one, that one, that has never been asked that. Okay. See, and this is why I ask these questions. Because this are, is, that is an amazing question. Thank you. Thank you. And the reason I ask that is, you know, we think about everything that we're doing now, you know, everything that we're pouring our energy, our heart, soul, you know, sleep lack thereof into we're doing it for for a reason there's a bigger and greater reason and the bigger and greater reason for me is the legacy you know for me I want my legacy to be one of generational wealth that's rooted in freedom you know that that those who come after Mm. me will know that we do have the right and the privilege to feel the sensation of freedom we do have the privilege to to have the comfort of of wealth and And to know that the way that we create it can come from something that's loving and intentional and peace-driven and heart-centered. It doesn't have to be some unscrupulous criminal type shit. Like, no, we can actually still be wealthy and prosperous in doing work that really makes a difference. You know what I mean? So when I come back to those moments where I'm like, oh my God, I don't feel like doing anything else today. I'm tired. I come back to, okay, what legacy am I creating? What do I want to be remembered for? What am I going to eventually leave behind? And so the reason I like to ask that question is, especially when I'm talking to somebody who's running a business and building a business is like, what is my real why? 
what am I really right. doing here? What am I creating here? So, so that's my intention with that. Okay, I have. A, I can answer now. Okay, great, <laughs> great, great. <laughs> I, I would say I would like my legacy to be. I want to be remembered for for being an example mm. to women um, who are in a male-dominated industry to let them know you can do the same exact thing that they're doing. And it doesn't have to, be, you don't even, you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it better. Mm. Just do it your way. And it's already going to be better. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I want to, I do, I don't have children, but I do want to leave something behind for my niece and my nephew. Mm-hmm. And I want them to be proud of me. I want, I want to make my family proud that, you know, I come from a long line of educated people mm. and um people who have are very successful uh, in their careers um but no one has done it my way mm-hmm. yeah. my dad is an entrepreneur um and he did well but at the same time no one has done has been in this industry no one is an artist mm. in in the way that i and in, in in the way that i have done it right. so i want to be remembered for for not only, um, you know, doing, you know, being successful in the male dominated industry, but also spreading that knowledge and that love and that experience that I have had along the way to other people and women that want to do the same. Yeah. That's good. I like that. I like that a lot. So the next one is, um, I showed myself love today by... <laughs> stayed in bed a little longer this morning hey, <laughs> because yeah. you, this phone call was my first thing on my agenda okay and I and so I knew if I tried to do something before this call I would be anxious about missing it yeah so I forced myself to stay in bed there you go um until right before the phone call. I love it. I love it. I love it. I that is very hard for me because I wake up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. and I start moving. Mm-hmm. And and like I do like 10 things before I start my day. Mm-hmm. So today you and I thank you for this. You gave me pause and you didn't even know it. Mm, you're well, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> that feels good. I, I love that. I love that. The last one is, um, if is there a word or a phrase that when you hear it and when you say it makes you feel powerful? Girl, you need your own show or something. Girl, th- um, that's the goal. That is the goal. No, seriously. I, that is the Let goal. Let me know. I will donate. Uh, that like, is the goal. I'm trying um, to turn this podcast into a full-on television show. I'm telling you, that is the plan. <laughs> I would say mm-hmm. um, there's something about the phrase uh, when passion meets purpose. Mm. So I feel like that is sort of like a slogan for my life. Okay. Because I'm very passionate about the arts, all of the arts. I mean, I'm no singer. I don't play an instrument. But I, I have a love and appreciation mm-hmm. for all um, all types. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something very hard to turn an art into something that 
people value monetarily. Yeah. And that doesn't give it purpose. Money doesn't give it purpose. Right. But it can help to support the, 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 the movement. Absolutely. That makes, any sense. that makes complete sense. That makes complete sense. Cause art is so subjective that, exactly. you know, what one might value and, and deem worthy of, you know, monetary investment, another might see as superficial, you know what I mean? Right. Or but right. yeah, or, or less, you know, value for some reason. But I, I completely agree that I think that when passion becomes purpose, Mm-hmm. that it also serves to meet a greater need, you know, and that's like one of the things that I sometimes ask people is like, you know, what are you passionate about? And sometimes, you know, it's, it's a question that causes, you know, pause as well, but it's like, what is it that I'm really doing here? Am I right. doing this for the money? And a lot of people are, and this is no, like I live in America. I know money is required, but there has to be a greater purpose below the surface that's driving you. And yeah. I think that if that if that purpose is being driven by something that you're truly passionate about, something that you truly care about, the money comes. That's just how it works. That's the, the way the universe is set up is like if you're walking in your purpose and you're standing in your purpose and you're doing work that's purposeful, then the money shows up. That's just yeah. that's just the way it is. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. So the last thing I like to do to close out the podcast is um, I use a little Oracle deck, a little deck of cards. Um, It's non-denominational. It just has positive messages on it that I pull from each day. And it's a deck of 52 cards. So just pick a number between one and 52. 32. 32. Good number. (laughs) All right. Let's see. So the message for you is everything is beautiful. Get ready to be dumbfounded in the best possible way. You will be speechless at how beautiful your life really is. Things that once seemed common that you often took for granted are about to show off their true colors. Real beauty is about to come into focus. You can thank the universe later. Mm, Amen. Amen. I love that. Amen. Can you send me that? (laughs) As soon as we get off the phone, I'm going to send you a picture of it. I oh sure my God, will. I'm going to print it out and frame it. Okay, I'm going to send it to you. I'll send you, yep, I'll send it right over as soon as we're done. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Awesome, this was so hmm. dope. Thank you. This was this was amazing. <laughs> like, I was so nervous all morning. Fantastic. Good, I'm so glad. I appreciate you for taking the time in your balanced schedule and you know creating the space for this this is definitely a passion project for me this is something that is near and dear to my heart and I'm just grateful for each and every person who said yes to being a part of it and I've been watching you and I see the women empowering environment that you are creating in your business I see the the space that you have built and continues to grow. And I'm just grateful to be a witness to your, to your light and to your greatness. And I see more and more and more growth coming for you in the future. And I'm just glad to eventually get back in your chair. Thank you so much. You, and you have given me the warm and fuzzies. Like, Aww, yay. <laughs> this whole time. So this is fantastic. It's time to wrap this up. And I just want to say very sincerely, thank you. You have your choice of thousands of different podcasts that you could be listening to each day. And I appreciate you for choosing this to be one of them. Right now in this moment, I see the light 
I see the love, the wisdom, the beauty, the prosperity, the creativity, and the pure joy that shines within each of you. And I bow humbly before your divinity. Namaste.